0: The unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it, we can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth, one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. So, um, a few weeks ago, I did a talk on um, Attitude of Gratitude. And this is part two. And um, I anticipate that this will be a series and there will probably be uh, part three and part four at some point if I'm not getting too ambitious. (laughs) Um, um, Today, I wanted to... um, look at Great Master Dogen's Shobogenzo. This is um, you know, part two, and then in part three, we'll continue with that. And then in part four, we'll look at other writings of Great Master Dogen and uh, his teachings on gratitude. Um, I find that gratitude in Dogen is like great whales in the ocean, they're always there, They're usually not seen. Sometimes they're very deep, but occasionally they break the surface and we see them. So what I hope to do is touch upon some of the sightings of gratitude in Dogum and encourage you to follow up on some of the references. Um, None of the, um, well, in my experience, the... um, discourses that I'm gonna be referring to are more accessible than some of Dogen's other writings. They don't require a knowledge of Chinese koan stories, so you don't need that context. Um, they do require a bit of meditation, um, but since, since that's a central part of our uh, practice, you know that shouldn't be something that you're lacking in. As probably most of you know, the complete text of the show can be found on the publications page of the Shasta Abbey website. Um, You can use the uh, search function to find the uh, different discourses that um, I'm mentioning. I'm going to follow the a general outline that I used in part one in using the f- um, first three bowels of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva to um, look at these teachings on gratitude. Um, I think most of you know, but for anyone who's listening who doesn't, uh, Samantha Bhadra is the Bodhisattva of great love. Uh, sometimes um, called the Bodhisattva Great Practice. Uh, Sometimes Reverend Reverend Hubert referred to him as Loving Practice, the Bodhisattva of Loving Practice. The um, first three vows of Samantabhadra, and again, uh, the vows are the practices that we undertake as a bodhisattva as a as a being who's intent upon enlightenment these are the practices that we try to follow and shakyamuni buddha the historical buddha called himself a bodhisattva before he became the buddha you know after his um awakening experience so um, bodhisattvas em- embody qualities that we're trying to emulate, but each of us is a bodhisattva as well, as we um, set our hearts on becoming Buddha, on awakening our own hearts. Um, the first, the thir- first three bows are bowing. Uh, Praising Tathagatas, Tathagatas is what the Buddha used to refer to himself. And uh, then making offerings. Today we're just—I'm just, just going to focus on bowing. And there's not always a clear demarcation between these three, as you'll you'll find, um, dogen um, it blends them all together often so it um, together they give a, a clear flavor of if you want to call it devotional practice in Dogen we um, usually associate a devotional practice with great master Kason who's the other founder of Soto Zen in Japan but it's there in Dogen as well if you look at the totality of his um, writings. I think you'll see how um, the gratitude just kind of seeps seeps through. Um, th- the first vow is making prostrations or bowing. Um, Dogen has a couple of discourses specifically on this in the Shobo Gensos. One of them is number 10. It's early in his teaching career and it's entitled appropriately enough, on respectful bowing, will secure for you the, the very marrow of the way. and Reverend Hubert uh, says that translation can also be rendered as respectfully bowing to those who have realized the very marrow of the way. As I mentioned previously, I find that the bowing implies and constitutes gratitude. uh, I don't think you can bow without expressing gratitude in some way. When we bow, we're bowing to the Buddha, to our own true nature, and um, raising the heart of gratitude for the life of the Buddha and for his teachings. Um, this, This particular discourse is Quite famous for highlighting the uh, excellent training of women. And Dogen uses it to emphasize the necessity and value of bowing to women masters. And he um, quotes various examples from Chinese Buddhism of eminent. Uh, Chinese masters who um, were examples. Um, He says, whether the guiding master has the physical features of a male or female or whatever is irrelevant, but it must be someone who is spiritually outstanding, one who is truly with it now, here and now. With it is a Chinese colloquial slang. It's with it with a capital I. Whether he or she is someone of the past or a present-day person is of no matter. Even one who has the nagging manner of a wild fox may prove, prove to be a good spiritual frown, friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dogen um, quotes Shakyamuni Buddha and this is uh, a quote that we find in the uh, Shoshogi, uh, you know, the ex- expert excerpted from uh, the Shobogenzo. Should you meet teachers who expound supreme enlightenment, do not inquire into their family pedigree, do not look at their personal appearance, Do not despise their shortcomings. Do not be concerned with their behavior. Simply, out of a respect and esteem for their spiritual wisdom, feed such persons daily with hundreds of thousands of ounces of gold. This is metaphorically speaking. Bestow upon them food fit for the gods Make them offerings to meet their needs and scatter celestial flowers upon them as a reverential offering. Thrice every day, morning, noon, and evening, reverently bow to pay your respects without letting any feelings of resentment arise in you. When you behave in this way, there will undoubtedly be a way to enlightenment for you. From the time when I first gave rise to the intention to realize Buddhahood, I have trained and practice in this manner so that today I am realizing supreme enlightenment. Dogen makes. The point of um, not only bowing to um, women, but to whatever teaches us the Dharma, even if it's an animal or inanimal, inanimate things. He goes, off, goes on after that, quotes to say, In accordance with this, we should pray that the very trees and sto- stones. Give voice to the Dharma for us. We should hold it in our hearts The wish that the fields and the villages also give forth to it. We should ask it of the pillar of a temple. We should have the walls and fences. Explore it thoroughly with us. Uh, a tiller, pillar of a temple is a metaphor for um, an outstanding teacher in the monastery who's holding up the temple. He's a, he or she is a pillar of the temple. He also says, It has been said... Prizing the Dharma Dharma means that if our guide and teacher, be it one who is a supporting pillar of the temple or a temple lantern, and that's a metaphor for someone who's showing us the light of the way, a lantern. A Buddha, if one is a Buddha or a wild fox, a hungry ghost, or a divine being. If such a person is presenting the great dharma and has personally realized its marrow, we should respectfully serve him or her for immeasurable eons with our bodies and minds as resting place for the teaching. I think that's a really beautiful phrase, you know, that that we want to make our bodies and minds a resting place for the teaching. I want to make a, a short um, digression on the use of the word marrow. You know, Dogen is telling us that this is a bowing will secure for us the very marrow of the way. I think the ancients must certainly have realized that the the bone marrow was living tissue. Um, is the innermost core and strength of the human body. Um, Modern science has revealed that bone marrow is where the blood cells are created for our body. They're continually um, creating new uh, blood cells. So if you connect up this Act with the symbology of the precepts being our blood and bones, um, and this is a, a direct reference to the Ketchimiyaku, the bloodline of the Buddhas, the precepts. Uh, we come up with the analogy that bowing, you know, the the marrow of the way is synonymous with the precepts. Um, when we keep to the precepts, we're bowing to that which is greater than ourselves. We're committing ourselves to follow those precepts. And in that way, we keep our our true nature alive. It's flowing through us. And, and bowing um, helps us do that, you know, whether it's uh, Literally bowing, or whether it's bowing to a difficult situation, or to a difficult teaching that someone is giving us, or whether we're just bowing to the universe, whether that's in gratitude, or whether that's uh, in asking for help, you know, um, the attitude of gratitude is one that comes with bowing Ogata gave this talk uh, initially at his um, temple in um, Kyoto, you know, his first temple, and um, he really took his um, monks to task for not bowing to women teachers. Um, But apparently they were rather thick and didn't get it because he had to uh, talk about it again a second time. And he um, uh, becomes very emphatic about his points. And each of the uh, paragraphs is introduced by, and also, and also, and also, There was a practice in um, Japan at the time um, where women weren't um, allowed into temples because the temples were considered to be pure realms and women were not considered to be pure. Well, Dogen essentially says that's um, uh, just... uh, just a monk. That's just not true. And he um, um, points out that that some um, such monks who hold to that idea, he says they should do well to study the edifying instructions given by the Buddha and thereby to enter into the realm of Buddhas, which of course includes repaying one's indebtedness to the Buddha for his kindness. And so he's again, quote, equating um, uh, repaying one's indebtedness with gratitude. That our gratitude um, should include not just um, bowing to what gives us the teaching, but making sure that the uh, realm of teaching is open for everyone. This this is an example of how um there's a um it's often humor in Dogen and he um he ends this disc discourse by saying this is an example of how emphatic he was about it. I pray that you will quickly sober up from your habitual drunkenness on delusion and that you will not deviate from. The whole universe is the great realm of all Buddhas. In your trying to rescue all sentient beings from their suffering and ferry them across to the other shore, they will respectfully bow to you and venerate the merits from receiving your spiritual instructions. Who among them will not call this securing the very marrow of the way? Now, in another uh, discourse, this is number 42. This was after he was in his temple in um, at Eheiji up in the mountains of northern Japan. Um, It's called uh, Dorani in Japanese, and Reverend Hubert uh, translates this as, on invocations, what we offer to the Buddhas and ancestors. Um, Doranis are usually thought of as, like a verbal prayer. Uh, there's often um, an aspect of calling upon. The, um, they're often like mantras, they're in Sanskrit. However, um, an example is uh, the litany of the great compassionate one, which we do as part of our vestibular surface here. That's technically a Durrani. Um We translate it there as the litany, but those shorter little um, scriptures we we call them invocations. And the um, short scriptures we did today, as part of the festival, uh, we also call those invocations uh, because they're of um, They're invoking the presence of that Buddha, or that Bodhisattva. We're calling upon them for help in our practice. Dogen uh, starts with that, and then he gives it uh, a slight twist. And he includes Indranis bowing and making offerings. And really, really here all three of Samanta three vows are consolidated. There's bowing, there's praising Tathagatas, you know, verbal uh, praise and making offerings. Dogen writes, um, what is called the great invocation refers to paying our respects. And because paying our respects is the great invocation, to pay our respects is to mutually encounter the Buddhas and ancestors within our paying respect to them. Okay? Otherwise, a bowing opens our own hearts to the teachings of the Buddhas and ancestors, they come alive when we bow. Okay, they're not just historical figures; they are living presence that we can bow to, and who can help us when we find ourselves in a difficult situation. Um, this, um, this discourse is the source of the um, often-repeated quote that says, when respectful bowing abides in the world, the Buddha Dharma will abide in the world. Should respectful bowing pass away, then the Buddha Dharma will disappear. It's that central to our practice, and um, as a Buddhist, it's the, as Dogen is presenting it here, it's the very core of our practice. It embodies and encapsulates our our practice, That's that practice of bowing. Nogan says, you need to realize that respectfully bowing is the treasure house of the eye of the true teaching. That's a translation for Zho'o Genzo, the treasure house of the eye of the true teaching. It's that it's core. It's, it's a treasure and it's the eye of the teaching is that which enables us to see. It's the treasure house of the eye um, of the true teaching. And um, the word true gets, it's easy to just kind of glide over that, but Dogen puts a lot of emphasis um, in his teaching that what he is offering is the true dharma he was very much um, trying to um, clarify and emphasize that uh, there were a lot of ways that buddhism had gotten distracted and what he was offering was the true dharma okay he was uh, even by his contemporaries um, he was called the 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 um, uh, old Buddha of the true Dharma, okay, because he put so much emphasis on that. So he says that respectfully bowing is the treasure house of the eye of the true teaching, and that the treasure house of the eye of the true tree teaching is the great invocation. Dogen makes the point that offering the uh, great invocation uh, includes, you know, making offerings of incense, of flowers. He includes in that uh, the wearing of the kesa, right, the Buddhist robe. Um, he includes in that the um, uh, an offering of our meditation practice. Okay, it's not limited to material offerings. Okay, it's our our very own meditation. He he says uh, he is a poem um, called the Great Invocation. He doesn't. Um, say where it comes from, but he says by reciting this invocation we continually remain in stillness and thereby preserve the whole of the great earth. By continually remaining in stillness we thereby fill the worlds in all the quarters. By continually remaining in stillness we make manifest the whole sphere of time. By continually remaining in stillness, we cultivate the whole of the Buddha realms. And by continually remaining in stillness, we realize what is within our own hermit's hut and what is outside our hermit's hut And that's a metaphor for um, our practice, okay, as if it were a a building uh, that a hermit might live in, okay, a a safe and secure place um, protected from the world. You need to thoroughly explore through your training that this is what the great invocation is really like. All invocations take this invocation as their matrix. Okay, this stillness, this bound, is the matrix for all the other offerings that we give. My notes here. He concludes this discourse with saying, our respectfully bowing to Shakyamuni Buddha and making our offerings to him means that we are respectfully bowing and making our offerings to our teacher. There is nothing other than our encountering Shakyamuni Buddha. It is our making a dharma offering to Shakyamuni Buddha. It is our offering an invocation to Shakyamuni Buddha. And he says, he ends with, they, these are the traces of former ancestors. They are the great invocation. I find that in um, reading this particular um, discourse, that the, grat- the gratitude just seems to flow off the pages. You know, I don't know that Dogen ever actually uses the word gratitude, but it's just—it's there. It's like those those whales breaking the surface. You know, you can't help it sense and see the gratitude that he's associated with a respectful bowing and that's the the first of the um, three great vows of Samantabhadra and um, I hope you'll you'll follow up these sightings and the show begins oh your, yourself again that's discourse number 10 and, and 42. Uh, again, they're, they're more accessible than some of Nogan's other writings, and they're uh, just very inspirational. So I hope you um, will find that, um, if you haven't already, that bowing can be an important par- part of your practice. Thank you.